It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Hey! Why don't we all get together and begin a Thursday? Gary, how are you? I'm doing very good. And my favorite story of the day Mm -hmm. was it finally happened. Uh, After all of the focus groups and the reparations uh, groups formed by the uh, California government to figure out what reparations should be. And yeah. we heard figures, everything from a million dollars a person. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it started out, what, at 230000 I think. And then we're yeah. at 230000 yeah. Then it went to a million. Then it went all the way up to, depending on who you were talking to, the analysis, $200 million per person. Right. Is where it came out. So the California legislature, finally, after all of... The discussion over the last couple of years in in California, coming up with numbers for reparations that would absolutely bankrupt the state and was not possible. And then Gavin Newsom, after creating all of this, came out and said, well, it really all isn't about money. Like, Well, all they're discussing is money. Listen, listen, everyone. This isn't about money. I'm sorry. You started the conversation And you started it with money. Money, exactly. So after all the analysis, the legislatures, legislators in California have introduced a first in the nation package of reparation bills. All right. And the amount of money that will be given to each eligible recipient under the legislation introduced. Uh Uh-huh. Zero. Because it's not about the money. (laughs) Because it's not about the money. How dare you believe this is about the money? Zero. <laughs> and some of the other uh, 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 proposals uh, that uh, probably aren't going to see the light of day. Separate schools for black children. <laughs> they want to go back to segregation. <laughs> Liberals want to go back to segregation. Told you. According to Breitbart, or actually Politico, mm-hmm. uh, Breitbart uh, reprinted what Politico had. The 14 measures introduced by the Legislative Black Caucus touch on education, civil rights, and criminal justice, including reviving a years-old effort to restrict solitary confinement that failed to make it out of the state house as recently as last year. Not included is any type of financial compensation to descendants of black slaves. A polarizing proposal that has received a cool response from many state Democrats, including Governor Gavin Newsom. Uh. Another proposal, Politico says, could run into a constitutional challenge. Well, duh. <laughs> this, this was introduced <laughs> to change California's constitution to allow the state to fund programs aimed at increasing the life expectancy uh, of improving educational outcomes for and lifting out of poverty specific groups based on race, color, ethnicity, national origin, or marginalized gender, sexes, or sexual orientation, which would be 
unconstitutional under federal law. <laughs> of course. So the big bills for reparations, one would be unconstitutional, and the other would be zero dollars. And they would all be racist. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Let's, let's go back to segregation. Liberals have really, uh, it really is, you know what it gets back to? That wind-powered ship. Remember that? <laughs> you remember that? Here's the rendering of a wind-powered, you mean a sailboat? We've done that. They're coming full circle, and these new liberals, these, you know, 24-year-old liberals, they're, at least they have the 24-year-old mindset, hey, I've got an idea. What about separate schools <laughs> how about the idea let's throw this by you separate but equal right well here's the thing you know why they they don't know that it's happened because they don't teach <laughs> that in school anymore right. revisionist history <laughs> wrote it out they don't even know about it. Well, wouldn't that be racist not to teach about segregation, Jim Crow laws, and slavery in this country? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Biden going off on you know on the Georgia uh, voting bill, voting laws as Jim Crow two point They had no idea. They they thought young people thought Jim Crow was Donald Trump's running mate. Or a whiskey. Or a whiskey. Oh, wait, did you see the guy that was arrested for moonshine? For making moonshine? Who makes moonshine in 2024? Uh, I just saw, what's his name, the comedian, do a bit on that on YouTube yesterday. What? Uh, what's his name? I can't think of yeah. the, guy, the guy you like. Not not Bargatze, the other one. Uh, Dusty Slay? No. Oh. That's a whole list of them, but yeah. way more famous. Brian Regan. Brian Regan. Oh uh, yeah, did the whole thing on that. Yeah, on on making whiskey, on on moonshine. Oh yeah, saying you the the you know the the reality show. This so this goes back a few years. The reality oh. show on moonshining. He goes, hey, someone tell him it's legal. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I've been saying that for years. It's like, why would you? I mean, I could understand like an experiment. Hey, I wonder if I could ever make this, but it, it's. This is the this is the problem that the left has is that they honestly because of revisionist history they either want others to forget about it or they just themselves forget about it altogether or believe like with single payer systems you know hey we're the US we'll do it right uh socialism we're the US we'll do it right they believe that oh no 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 we can do segregation differently well, the interesting thing is, if if we ever came out and promoted, think about this, uh, a separate but equal system of education, right? We probably would be fired. Yeah, yeah, because there would be so much, you know, sponsor objection to that. Well, these guys are outright racist, right? The liberals are promoting like crazy separate but equal segregation, and it's like, oh, okay, well, it's fine for us. It's fine for us to throw out absolutely racist ideas of how to run the society, and we just keep going on and keep promoting it, well, and the donations keep flowing in as we promote a racist society. 
And it's not new. The universities, remember, uh, on campuses, this goes back, I don't know. How long ago was that that they started saying, well, we should have separate dorms? Oh, that goes back at least uh, to the University of Missouri riots. Right. Remember when Carrot Top? Yeah. The Carrot Top professor. Yeah, give me some muscle over here. Yeah. Her? The carrot. I don't know what she's doing these days. The Carrot Top professor. Heard she's doing a residency in Vegas. <laughs> well, but when 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 you look at this here, when you look at the the whole process of the reparations movement in California, it really does encapsulate all of liberalism today. Well, yeah, it's you, how they, th- we've right. been saying, it's how they think. They they come out with the plan, and it it is not in the realm of possibility to ever do. The finances aren't there. And so what they do is they keep promoting more, more impossible bills, you know, as they were, you know, or more impossible ideas because they went from 240 or 230,000 to a million, uh, what San Francisco was throwing out, what was it, five million? And then it was all the way up to 200 million. Yeah. But it's got to be yeah. 200 million. And that's just not in cash. And we're like, these people are nuts. But it got to be, but the more that you would promote something that was more impossible to do, this is liberalism today. You are more, you, you are, uh, the, the, your virtue signaling is better. You are viewing yourself as more of a moral person. Because you're suggesting something that's even more unreasonable to reach, but the fact that you're saying we should do what is impossible makes you a better person. Then when it finally comes down to, okay, the legislation, forget about 230,000, forget about 240,000, forget about a million, forget about 5 million, forget about 10 million, forget about 200 million, zero. And anything else they're proposing, you know, the, the, one is absolutely unconstitutional. It, it wouldn't, uh, uh, it, it, uh, according to federal law, and the rest are just pfft, not going to do anything. Well, well, so it was an exercise in futility, but, uh, but an exercise in virtue signaling that we care more. Well, and I, I would really love to get into the weeds on that, that whole plan of, of ex, uh, what they say, extending life expectancy for yes. certain groups. Mm-hmm. Well, where does that start? outlawing cigarettes and the sale of cigarettes to certain said groups, right? Well, yeah, if you're, it, well, that's a great point. If you're attempting to extend the lifespan of particular We're going to save you from the then, big bad tobacco companies yeah, then, by outlawing the sale of tobacco to minorities. Oh, please talk more about that one. I mean, because that's what you would have to do, right? I mean, what they'll tell you is, well, we're gonna we're gonna provide, I don't know, provide medical care. I mean, they they would have to uh, uh, probably put them on the the state uh, California state Medicaid program. That's probably, you know, okay, we'll expand the Medicaid program based on uh, which group you belong to. We'll do that, but also you have to do preventive, and it would have to include. How does, how does it not include outlawing the sale well, of cigarettes? But, but you but you make a great point because if you're if you're looking at certain uh, demographics and certain groups and say we only want to increase their lifespan right. and not and not white people's lifespans, right. well then if you came out with a law to ban all cigarettes, 
would there be an objection that this was only supposed to expand the lifespan of these certain demographics, not white male Christian men? I was right. right. That's what the question right. there. Right. Yeah. White male Christian men. Right. No, they need to be allowed to continue smoking because we need to catch up with the lifespan. Yeah, we need to ramp that so, up over here. Right. So, yeah. so whites can smoke cigarettes. Yes, in fact, but, we encourage it. Right, but, <laughs> but any we'll, other... We'll give you coupons, <laughs> state-sponsored coupons for cigarettes. 20% off cigarettes. And, and But if you said ban cigarettes overall, you'd have an objection saying, no, 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 you're, you're talking about, by banning cigarettes, you're talking about increasing the lifespan of... All people. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. This isn't about that. Uh-huh. I mean, th- and right. the thing is, everybody's listening going, you know, you guys are just being really stupid. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh-huh. But we're saying the insane things that they do, you could actually, I could see somebody actually promoting that on the left. Well, to be clear, we're not the ones promoting the return to segregation. No, exactly. Yes, we, the, the. Anti-racists are the ones promoting segregation. Right. So <laughs> so this is what they've come up with. God. So the liberals geez. understand now, or they, they recognize fully, that they're, they're, there's no way to pay for it. Right? Right. So no money is mentioned, but we're going to do a lot of things for you. Right. I seriously... The conversation on this is going to be so great because it's going to demo- it's going to demonstrate exactly what we've been talking about. This is how they think. This is their mindset. How do you implement this plan? How is it that someone wouldn't bring up well what we need to do is ban the sale of cigarettes to minorities? Because if you're truly, you know, when you say Extending life expectancy. By the way, I want to be clear. I have no wish for any group, entity, uh, local, state, or federal government to work in favor of extending my life expectancy. (laughs) (laughs) Including the scientific group. You know what? I'm just letting it roll. I'm going to ride this thing out where it ends. It ends. Don't be stretching it to 108. Eric, we've got great news. No, you don't. Don't mention it's 150 years old. I don't want to hear it because I don't want to be here for 150 years. Now, I am going to haunt the place. I will be back. This is this is going to be so great in, in listening to this because they're going to try and explain away the money thing. It's been about money from day one, and now, oh, no, 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 What we're going to do for you, you can't put a price on. <laughs> that's what they're, that's how they're going to try and sell this. I know. We're going to extend your life expectancy. Based on who? Well, we have a scientist over here. He's going to be doing some numbers. I mean, that's that's how it's going to go. Just amazing. we got a great <laughs> show ahead. 866-90-RED-EYE. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. 
Owner-operators can save a hefty amount of money by participating in discount fuel networks. If you're leased and your fleet has a fuel optimizer program, use it. Such a program helps plan a trip based on fuel prices and locations in the carrier's fuel network. The larger the carrier, typically the larger the discounts that are possible. Fees for using such networks have become rare thanks to competition for drivers. Owner-operators are well advised, however, to pass up network fuel stops that are too costly are too far off route, sell inferior fuel, or are dangerously or poorly maintained. For independent owner-operators, a bevy of fuel discount networks exist, from a variety of traditional fuel cards to the National Association of Small Trucking Companies Network and the younger mudflap applications discounts at independent truck stops around the nation. Research the options and discounts available to find the right one for you. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Overdrive's Partners in Business Program. Go to overdriveonline.com to the Partners in Business section of the website for more details on this and many other topics. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So the uh, House uh, passed their uh, spending bill, and uh, if you, you don't have to delve too deeply, when Republicans won't say that it's a well, I mean Republicans that are for it won't say that it's a welfare bill, and they say it's a tax bill. When they lie about that, it shows you there's a lot of bad parts to it. And yeah. Republicans that are for it, Democrats that are for it, absolutely will lie, you know, but. Republicans lying about the uh, the extended child tax credit. Yeah. That and Wall Street Journal doing a thing saying why are the Republicans helping the Democrats in this election? Because part of that child tax credit and everything else is uh you, they they talk about how government stimulus is one of the things that really is pushing GDP. Yeah. Because there's yeah. so much money out there that came from the government that's still being put on. They actually go through the figures on it. We'll go through it here mm. in a little bit that, that, uh, you know, you look at the stock market and the stock market, you know, Hey, I'm benefiting, but what am I benefiting out of? I'm benefiting. I may be benefiting long-term, uh, but future generations are going to pay the bill for it because it's not real growth. Mm-hmm. It's not the kind of growth of private investment, producing goods and services that they make a profit on. You've just got massive amounts of borrowed government money from future generations. And that's why you've got the deficit going through the roof. Probably will be over $2 this year. And we are not in any type of emergency at all. And, you know, the Republicans, look, if I understand you don't have the votes, but don't lie to the American public. Right. Say we don't have the votes. This is the best that we could do. Uh, but don't sit there and say that it's a, this is a child tax credit, you know, or, or don't say that the child tax credit is about tax reform. It's got nothing to do with taxes. It's a, well, it's another, you're sneaking in another welfare program. Yep. Yep. At least be honest about it, but they can't be honest. And I'm talking Republicans here. Democrats, right. I know will lie. Republicans shouldn't lie.
And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80 the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. You're listening to Red Eye Radio. From the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, and I'm Gary McNamara. I want to, let's uh, play this. This is uh, Matt Gates talking about the uh, bipartisan tax deal. Gentlemen, is recognized. To the extent that this is a tax bill, there are good provisions in it on business expensing for economic growth. But my friends, this is not a tax bill. This is a welfare bill. <laughs> masquerading as a tax bill. The Wall Street Journal was correct to identify the ways in which this legislation vastly expands the welfare state. And so this is how the bipartisan agreement came together. If the Republicans were willing to give the Democrats what they wanted for illegal aliens to get massive subsidies in welfare, then the Democrats were willing to give the Republicans what they wanted on a bunch of business welfare. The child tax credit, as currently contemplated, will be a massive pull factor to bring people into this country illegally. And we could have, as the majority party, demanded constraints to stop them from being able to use the money that way. But, but bipartisanship was more important than good policy. And as my friend from Kentucky, Mr. Massey, noted recently, if you aren't paying taxes and you get a refundable tax credit in the form of a check, that's not a tax cut. That's not even tax policy. That's just welfare. 
That's just giving people money that didn't initially pay it in, and a bunch of them are here illegally. But it's not just a welfare bill in that respect. It's also corporate welfare. These R&D tax credits that they've put in there are so targeted, they're bought and paid for by the lobbyists who fund their campaigns and give them donations, and it is entirely wrong. We should have a flat tax code, and the R&D tax credits that they're putting in are, are deeply misguided. They continue to distort the economy. And frankly, it's just another flavor of a lot of the Green New Deal tax credits that you act like you're against. But indeed, Mr. Speaker, that is not the case. This is not a tax bill. It is a welfare bill in drag. And that may be appealing to some of the proponents. As to the, uh, I, I don't know what he's talking, I haven't seen the in, in entire bill, and we don't know what it's going to end up being when it goes to the Senate, so I don't know what he's targeting. I know he's talking about being able to deduct, fully deduct interest, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the R&D, and I haven't seen where the R&D specifically uh, goes. One of the the uh, trains of thought was that the uh, uh, the interest, making the interest fully deductible, for mm-hmm. companies, mm-hmm. it's retroactive. It's like, well, if it's retroactive, right. Right. you're not looking towards the future. You're going back, right? And in essence, that would be that would be viewed as as corporate welfare because you're going back, mm-hmm. you know. And I I don't know exactly how far they're going back a year or two where you can actually deduct the uh, you know the. I think it goes back and covers last year, which is why they're trying to get it done by April tax season. I think it goes back. And covers twenty three. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if it All goes right. back further than that. I I believe it's four twenty three earnings. And, and so, but you can look at it and say, but if that brings in cash to a company, that's cash that they can spend, right? And so, uh, again, not seeing the entire layout of what this is and what it's going to be, it's tough. And I don't know. I don't know where he's coming from. Where he says it's corporate welfare. For R and D, he said the interest is you know you heard Gates there the interest is fine right I just don't know specifically what he means by uh, the R and D but it is the Republicans uh, not telling and and it's I, I'm I'm not picking on the Republicans Democrats are pathological liars on every issue that's out there right now mm-hmm. so it's expected I don't want it from Republicans right it's not a tax bill. It, 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 that part of it, the the uh, child tax credit, is not a tax bill. It's a welfare bill. Make it a welfare program. Be honest and transparent with the American public. They can't do that. Carve it out as a welfare bill and vote on it and see right. how many votes you get. But don't lie to the American public. Right. Now, I will say this. I mean, I did see other Republicans say it does not absolutely does not go, uh, the, the child tax credit, to illegal immigrants. They said it absolutely does not. And the other side saying it absolutely does. So mm. going to have to see the final text on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you look at it, as as uh, Wall Street Journal writes here, the GOP spending boost for Biden, booming federal outlays are providing a short-term lift for the uh, GDP. And they go, um, um, let's see, retail spending growth continues to exceed pre-pandemic levels. Uh, I think it was Jamie Dimon or someone out there saying there's still $900 billion that the public hasn't spent. So they still haven't spent a ton. And this was all government money. Right. It's all right. government money coming in from uh, COVID. And it uh, says when stock markets are up, it's kind of like this little drug. We all feel like it's just great, said Jamie Dimon recently. 
Uh, he was speaking for his fellow CEOs, though many Americans still wince when they see their grocery bills. But Mr. Diamond added, but remember, we've had so much fiscal monetary stimulation. Yes, we have. The San Francisco Federal Reserve in November estimated that households still have, okay, here's the figure, $430 billion in excess savings from the pandemic. These savings stem from the potpourri of COVID transfer payments, three and a half years of student loan forgiveness, and home refinancing at low interest rates. The administration is also slathering the economy with trillions of dollars of spending from the Inflation Reduction Act, CHIPS and Science Act, and Infrastructure Bill. Not a day goes by that our inbox doesn't receive a Biden administration email or several boasting about another multi-billion dollar grant somewhere in the country. The federal budget deficit for 2023 fiscal year is clocked in at $2 trillion and 7.5% of GDP, roughly double what the deficit averaged as a share of the economy from 2016 to 2019. Incredibly, the deficit during the last fiscal year was $400 billion larger than the growth in GDP. And it shows no sign of shrinking, which means you're taking borrowed money that you got to pay off, that future generations have to pay off, and you're throwing it in, and that's where the fiscal stimulation is. Because the Congressional Budget Office says the federal deficit was $509 billion in the first three months of the current fiscal year. Hmm. If that keeps up, which I don't see why it's not going to, you'll be talking about a deficit of uh, of uh, roughly, what, uh, $2.3 trillion? Mm. Wow. Uh, but uh, the $509 billion is 21% larger than during the same period the prior year. It's no accident that all of this is hitting in an election year. Social Security and Medicare spending climbed 12 to 13% in the first three months of this fiscal year compared to last. Sweetened subsidies are boosting Obamacare enrollment. Growing entitlement spending is one reason that government health care and social assistance accounted for more than half the net new jobs in December, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The deficit would be even larger if not for the Eternal Revenue Service holding back a wave of more stimulus. The agency in September paused processing new claims for the COVID-era employee retention credit owing to concerns of over abuse and fraud. By one estimate, the IRS has a $244 billion backlog of claims which will flood the economy when the IRS processes them. All of this spending contributes to GDP, at least in the short term, but much of it isn't productive growth that will improve living standards in the long term and the bills for all of this spending will probably be paid in higher taxes. That's why it's mind-boggling that House Republicans want to help Democrats throw another deficit party. The bipartisan tax deal was scheduled for a House vote Wednesday night. It passed, by the way. It would sweeten the child tax credit and extend some business tax breaks through 2025. The official Joint Committee on Taxation score is $78 billion. But Dan Clifton of uh, Strategist Research Partners said the bill's provision would actually cut taxes by more than $200 billion in the first two years. These include a larger deduction for interest payments so businesses can increase debt financing along with the immediate expensing 
for research and development and bonus depreciation for equipment. These tax extenders are temporary and they retroactively reward investments or move uh, or move forward some by a year or two. This reduces our long-term growth impact. Democrats have signed on because they view the child tax credit provisions as a down payment on guaranteed annual income, and they want to boost the flagging business investment this year. The political mystery is why Republicans want to add their signature. The tax bill negotiated by Democrat Ron Wyden and uh, GOP Representative Jason Smith is another in-kind contribution to the Democratic re-election campaign. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is right out of the Democrats' playbook, and, and, and why you would want to sign on to it is, is really beyond me. Well, even if you're going to sign on to it, don't lie about it. Well, again, I mean, it, if you're going to sign on to anything, then it, it shouldn't be this. It should be a welfare bill. Exactly. I mean, if that's what you want, then call it a welfare bill. So then we're going to write the welfare. bill, a clean welfare bill on the child tax credit, change tax credit to welfare. Uh, here's uh, Chip Roy from Texas talking about uh, the bill yesterday. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Um, I do rise in opposition to this legislation. Um, and I do so reluctantly because I know of the significant amount of work by my friend from Missouri, by those on frankly on both sides of the aisle to reach agreement, my friends on ways and means, important provisions in this legislation that are critical for job growth, uh, for economic growth, critical for the well-being of our country. Um, numerous uh, businesses I know in Texas and around this country that understand the importance of the expensing provisions, the interest provisions, research and development. Uh, but unfortunately, as happens in this town, this legislation comes with provisions that, frankly, the people I represent are tired of. And it's provisions that would continue to expand the welfare state, as the Wall Street Journal editorialized about, by expanding the child tax credit in ways that will continue to fund uh, people directly through refundable credits, uh, which we find to be problematic and we think undermines the kind of economic activity and incentive to work and incentive to, um, uh, you know, produce value that we think is critically important for economic growth. But importantly, that that provision is also available to parents who are here in this country illegally of children born in the United States. We think that's a problem. We think that is not just allowing essentially birthright citizenship anchor babies, but funding it. That's a problem. Now, my colleagues on this side of the aisle will rejoin that that was a product of the 2017 bill that was pushed by and passed by Republicans, including President Trump, to which I say, right, so what? It's still wrong. It's still bad policy. We shouldn't do it. And we should not be perpetuating it now. All through the 11th hour last night, I worked hard trying to find a way to come up with a provision that might be palatable on both sides of the aisle, this side of the aisle, to find a way to say, let's get that provision pulled off so we can move the pieces that will be good for economic growth and prosperity that I think has bipartisan support and clearly support on this side of the aisle. There you go. Yeah. Well, and, you know, uh, that's it. There, there are so many things that are wrong with this whole thing. The Wall Street Journal did a very good job 
at tearing it down, at breaking it down. And, you know, when you talk about, talk about this and the border bill over in the Senate, I mean, it's just, you talk about breaking confidence in the GOP. These are the things that will do that with their base. At least all of us who still care about fiscal matters of this nation. Well, I, I, you know, uh, again, it depends uh, how big the conservative base is, and I don't believe the conservative. I don't, I don't, uh, we care about this. Look, this is something I've been talking about since 1989. But the American public doesn't care, and most Republicans don't care. No, they don't. They most don't feel any pressure yeah, on this whatsoever. They don't care. I mean, he pointed, It's an election year, he, and they don't yeah. feel any pressure on this whatsoever. He pointed out in 2017, it was the Republicans that created the child tax credit. Right. Because that's what Democrat, well, Trump was for. Well, over he's in like, the well, Senate, it doesn't it matter was, whether Trump is. It's wrong to do. It's if you're not being in, if you're not being honest with the American public, and you're creating a welfare program, tell Americans you're creating a welfare program. Don't lie about it. Marco Rubio and Mike Lee over in the Senate. Yeah, they were they were pushing for it to be fully refundable. They they were the ones pushing that in the Senate. They stopped the bill so they could put that in. Eight six six ninety red eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Uh, The uh, California ammunition background check uh, violates the Constitution. Uh, A judge says we will get uh, to uh, that story and a whole bunch more coming up. There's so much to talk about here. Yeah. Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit houseproducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This 
is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. Welcome and uh, good morning. Thank you for being here. A ton of different stories out there. Figured this uh, would happen. Yeah. Uh, we knew that uh, you had migrants going to this city. Denver Mayor Mike Johnston said his city is close to the breaking point as he pleaded for federal aid to help mitigate the migrant crisis that has overwhelmed Denver, among uh, others across the nation. I think our city is very close to the breaking point now, and we've been talking to leaders in D.C. around the country about why we need to take action here, Johnston told uh, uh, Fox on an interview on Wednesday. I think we have successfully welcomed about 40,000 migrants in the last year, and we know what it takes to do this successfully. We just need that help. Uh, and the things uh, we need are federal dollars. But the most important thing we need uh, is work authorization for folks when they arrive. We need these resources at the border so you can add more security at the border so you can help process these asylum seekers or these asylum claims. And so uh, the folks that do arrive here can work. One of the challenges migrants in the city face, he said, is the distance between their arrival date and their court date for their asylum case. He told Fox News the distance renders migrants unable to work and support themselves, forcing the state and local governments to support them instead. Biden knew that when he opened the border. Yep. Democrats knew that when they opened the border. Yep. And uh, where's the other story? that I had uh, here that uh, talks about the fact that they will uh, stop. They will, they're going to start in Denver, removing people mm. apparently from uh, their shelters. Yeah. Right. I did. See well, that. that's, you know what they were going to do in Chicago and mayor Brandon Johnson there, uh, his own city council came back and said, well, wait a minute. The eviction date is in February and this is Chicago. We don't want to put people, we don't want, it would be horrible aesthetics politically for us to be putting people on the street in in the dead of February in Chicago. So they moved it back to March. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to find the, the actual story there, but uh, I just had it in front of me and I've lost it here. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll find it here in a little bit. But it was just that uh, that uh, they have four thousand apparently in shelters right now, and they can't, right? You know, they they just they they can't do it, and uh, you know they're at the breaking point. I love right. to say we're at the breaking point, but uh, we've successfully handled forty thousand. Well, you're at the breaking point. Uh, I don't know what to say, you know, uh, on it uh, to the mayor like that. You know, you're the one, you're the leader of a city that wished to be a sanctuary city, right? Uh, I got to find that. You see the one, the 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 Bill Maher. Mm. Um, where Bill Maher uh, did a, uh, <laughs> let me see if I can find it here. Do I still have it? Yeah, there's no, there's no profanity in this. I want to make this clear. But uh, this one, just going viral, this, mm-hmm. this Bill Maher uh, quote. Here we go here. Let me see if I can get it. Because I feel like this is a disaster for the Democrats. Because one, I mean, Trump today said he wants Biden to apologize. Because it looks like Biden is adopting his policy. This does not look good for the Democrats. Also, they look like sanctuary city hypocrites. They were the ones who said, look, we're we're the compassionate people. Everybody should get a shot here. 
And then when they started sending, I mean, the, the quotes from Eric Adams, this is the mayor of liberal New York, this issue will destroy our city. The governor, if you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. Keep walking. Is from the governor of New York. They put out a flyer, New York Diddy now, says New York is one of the most expensive cities in the world. You are better off going to a more affordable city. <laughs> Just, and oh, we've, we've we've gone we talked through, about that. Yeah, we've we've yeah we've gone through all of those yeah. uh, the points that that uh, that he brought up, but everybody knows it. Yeah, well, you know, and 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 again, whether it's reparations, whether it's this, it's like we love virtue signaling, but if we got to pay for it, no way. Well, and it's it's funny because it mentions <laughs> you know Trump uh, basically. <laughs> You know, going after Biden for adopting his policy, Jason Riley over the Wall Street Journal uh, on the border issue. Biden suddenly sounds like Trump. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And those are the things that you look at. And we talked about, but Biden's not doing anything about it. Well, but I think that it is still a legit question for all Democrats out there. Trump wanted to close the border. He said, I'm going to close the border. He was called a racist and xenophobe. Mm -hmm. We have had in the past couple of days, Biden scream that he will close the border. Mm -hmm. And when when asked, uh, when Green Jean-Pierre was asked about it, she said, "There are well, there are different definitions of yeah. closing the border. <laughs> Do Democrats buy that? Is there a... Is there a Democrat way to close the border versus a well, Republican way that we haven't thought of? You know how we will know for sure that the border is closed if it were to happen. Because Mayorkas will just say the border is closed. <laughs> and we'll all know that that is true. <laughs> true exactly. Right? Isn't that how it works? Right. I mean, this is insanity. And as we've asked, and I, I, it, that's the funny thing. When you talk about the Democratic voter, you know, there used to be where uh, I would go on Facebook or Twitter and people that I know, and they're still on there, mm -hmm. and they're all liberals, yeah. that they would, during, especially during the Obama administration, mm -hmm. and then during Trump, they would scream and yell, but they've gone completely quiet. Yeah. And that's really, to me, one of the great unknowns. Now, I do know there's one guy that I know that's on social media and uh, we never talk politics, but over the past 10 years, when he puts stuff on, it's like, okay, he's a populist liberal mm. You because he's completely changed. He's the one person that I've seen. I'm like, whoa, wow. Mm. Okay, mm. he finally gets it. Mm. He is saying it. But Democrat voters are the quietest I've ever seen. Not the politicians, not the media. But right. when you saw yeah. on social media the average Democrat that would promote stuff, uh, now uh, on uh, on Facebook, uh, which would be an older you know, audience, but remember, the older liberals are some of the most loyal liberals hmm. when you look out there. And and uh, uh, a ton of them that during the Obama administration and everything else were just, you know, giddy uh, yeah, yeah. With, uh, with, with joy. I mean, early on, I mean, when did I get on? I probably got on Facebook, what, 2009, 2010? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so they were all giddy about, um, uh, you know, about Obama and everything else. And then when Trump came in, they were screwed. And they, they've gone quiet. Mm. They just don't, they don't, they don't want anybody to know, apparently, 
what they're thinking. And I just, I find that interesting because that's one of the great unknowns. You know, there was a big to-do. I mean, you go to Drudge Report, you know, the one poll, Biden up by six, Biden up by six. You know, and it's just yeah, like, stop right. it, stop it. And then you go to the, the Bloomberg poll that does every single um, swing state mm-hmm. and Trump's in the lead in every one of them and some very significant. And you're just like, well, actually, that's a state that might be more accurate than your generalized poll right. of, of uh, you know, the population and where they vote. It's, yeah, national poll, yeah. Right, where do they, where do they stand here? But everybody's, tr- everybody's trying to get the advantage uh, by promoting a particular poll here, a particular poll there. What it really comes down to is where people, I think people stand on the issues. You know, we talked about Newsom, uh, the audio cut we played yesterday where he was stating, it's just so bizarre, that uh, on all the major issues, people agree with the Democrats and agree with Biden. It's completely false. Yeah. It's a complete lie. Right. right. Newsom's absolutely lying. It, there's no, and, and the thing is, the media knows it. The, well, me- the media knows what the his favorability ratings are on every single issue from the economy, the border, and on the on inflation, which is the economy, extremely low, uh, immigration, border, se- border security, very low, Iran, very low. Yeah. And the way that Newsom delivered that, and we played it yesterday, just in rapid fire, but it was it that's another form of gaslighting. That things are stating these things really are. are are true and it's obvious, and leaving no room for debate. That's gaslighting at its worst, and it goes nowhere. Newsom can get away with it because Biden will win California, but it doesn't change the facts that everyone knows. Where the problems are and who caused them. And now, <laughs> with Biden screaming, I'll close the border, I'll close the border. You see, uh, the far left is going, wait a minute, what are you doing? Look at this story. Democratic Representative Moskowitz. Biden and the Democrats were late and slow to act on the border, but we want to act now. Uh-huh. No, slow just- to act on the border. No, you created it. You weren't slow, <laughs> slow to, to act. act. No, you actually, created. he acted very quickly. No, he created the policy that got us here very quickly, very early in this in, in his administration. They created it. Yep. You know, and now they want to run. Not now with election, they know it's a horrible thing. Oh no, 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 no. We're 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 for secure border. It's even like you you saw the. Uh, in it's a different topic, but in uh, New York, where the city council overrode the uh, the uh, the mayor when it yeah. comes to they they want every single encounter for paperwork to be done. Right. Yeah. So if you encounter and talk to anybody in the street, you need to do paperwork on it. And they're like, right. that's going to slow response time like crazy. They don't care. They don't care. I mean, that's really if you want to know truly where somebody stands, it's when things get tough. Where do they stand? And when things got tough, you had all every single Democrat abandon the cities in this country. Yep. Say defund the police. They were all for it. Yep. There was everybody was locks in step with that. And now, well, no, we need to have. And you see in New York when they have to pass these laws, they're still doing the same thing to encourage people 
not to come to New York City, not to invest in New York City. They're, I mean, they're trying to destroy New York City. They're oh, yeah. trying to destroy right. the United States. Right. You know, we talk about the, you know, we'll get to the whole natural gas export thing that, uh, you know, that uh, Biden wants to have a ban on it. For what reason? There isn't a reason. There's no reason. Uh, no, it's it's actually, you know, the initial reports which came out, you know, uh, several days ago, cited activists. These are climate change bombs. Yeah. That's what they call them. And we need, we need to stop. And so he was responding only to the climate change activists. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, and we've talked about energy policy. And we've said, you know, when you look at the energy policy, when anybody tells you we can run the grid on solar and wind, mm-hmm. they're a radical activist that wishes to commit economic, energy, and national security suicide. Right. Why do Democrats favor economic, energy, and national security suicide. Can any Democrat answer that question? Because you can't run the grid on solar and wind. EVs are now, you know, falling away. Right. I love it. What was it? GM? Mm. Was it GM or Ford? Wow, we're going to build hybrids now. Forgot who that no, was. They're, they're actually, they're all doing that. They're all saying yeah. it. Well, we believe, and they, and they phrase it in one article, well, the demand for, for hybrid is much more robust. No, it's not. Because this is what they're going to. Like, uh, there's a new uh, Toyota Tacoma, one of the top-selling uh, Toyotas they have. And the 24 is making news. And there's a hybrid version that they say, they claim, has better or, or greater horsepower than the non-hybrid version. Well, they're, try- they're trying to basically scale down these. Even their Tundra now is a V6. Well, but it's got turbo. All right. And they're... They're phrasing it the same way they've been phrasing things for years. Oh, no, this is the wave of the future. No, it's not. It's a mandate, and you're trying to fit in the mandate. Just say it. Just say it. GM and Ford, you're in the same boat. Yeah, you're just, you're, you're drowning, and you're just trying to stay above water a little right, bit. Right, but you're But you're saying the exotic island is just 10 feet away, and it's not. Right. I had to say exotic because I was yeah. thinking lots of alcohol, women, stuff like that on the island. That's right. What, that's what the I'm things saying. that none of which are on the islands you go to. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, look, I, I saw one story about an OEM that's that one of the OEMs looking at, at uh, the new hybrid technology where the you're going to have essentially a motor, and the motor is not going to be powering the vehicle the motor's only job is to power the battery. Right, the generator to power right. the battery, right. It it doesn't power ever power the vehicle itself, unlike the hybrids we have now. And that will be very different. I'm very interested in the technology. Well, but the question is, where is the demand for that, and how expensive is it? Everything that we get into with EVs. The charging thing for the EVs is a nightmare. Now, you saw that. Tesla is essentially, um, I don't know if they're funding it, but Ford owners are going to get the Tesla uh, quick charge adapter for free. I don't know who's funding that. Probably the taxpayer, but maybe not. And there has to be, you know, they're going to have to adapt. You you saw there was an article the other day that talked about 
how uh, in the Infrastructure Act they're trying to expand that the amount of money that they initially, it was like they're going to go 10 times further. Yeah, ten times more spending on that, right? Uh, you know, from that uh, that that bill, because you talked, can't stop now, right? right? And they talked about how they want to get chargers everywhere, right? And massive subsidies on the chargers, but there has to be an emphasis on low income areas that won't be buying electric vehicles. Exactly. I mean, it's just it's the most bizarre thing. Yeah, it's pure insanity. Right. You cannot justify. No critical thinking person can justify what's going on. Nope. Eight six six ninety red eye. Brought to you by FPPF, Fuel Power Max. The IFTA tax program redistributes tax revenue to states based on your actual miles run. Thus, the truly cheapest fuel can only be found if you subtract federal and state taxes and state surcharges from the pump price to compare. The strategy means that you buy without regard for whether you are paying more at the pump in taxes. IFTA also considers state surcharges, which complicates the fuel buying strategy. Indiana, Kentucky, and Virginia have per-gallon surcharges. Connecticut, Kentucky, New Mexico, New York, and Oregon have per-mile surcharges. While some owner-operators buy only enough fuel to get through surcharge states, this practice can backfire, depending on the actual cost of the fuel in each state. When comparing fuel prices, always remember, pump pride minus taxes equals the real fuel cost. Owner-operator Business 101 is provided by Overdrive's Partners in Business program. Go to overdriveonline.com to the Partners in Business section of the website for more detail on this and many other topics. Brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I found the article I, I was uh, talking about, townhall.com. We'll get to it following the bottom of the hour. Plus, uh, in audio cut, uh, the letter that uh, 26 attorney generals and the legislature of Arizona sent to uh, to, uh, to Biden mm. uh, or uh, concerning uh, their support for Governor Abbott in the, the state of Texas. So, I mean, it's it's really amazing the time that we live in. And you know something? It's really not. You know, it, it is everything is political, but really the situation we're in right now is basically people that wish to deal in reality and people that are delusional. Well, and that's and, what it really is. Well, right because now. what is the mayor of of, of Denver going to do? What is the mayor of Chicago going to do? You know, in Chicago, they're going to evict them in, in March and mayor in, in, in Denver. They're going to evict them soon. What are you going to do? You're just going to evict them. You know, the media is going to be right there. So it tells me they're probably going to try and extend it over and over and over again. Or they're going to be on the news explaining the eviction. Wow.
More listeners not now than now, depending on when now is. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Yeah, it was townhall.com that uh, did a story. Uh, surprise, another major sanctuary city pushed to the brink. It's like sanctuary Democrats will never forgive Texas Governor Greg Abbott for forcing them to live with even a small taste of the consequences created by their reckless pro-illegal immigration posturing. The fallout from lax security and open borders policy were always supposed to be someone else's problem. Mm -hmm. You see Abbott, whose state has been deluged and overrun by President Biden's historic border crisis, keeps delivering just a small fraction of the problem to jurisdictions run by pro-sanctuary Democrats. And boy, do they hate it. Mm-hmm. Here's the latest out of Denver, which is buckling under the weight of fewer than 40,000 illegal immigrant arrivals in the past year. And then they, they show a story from NBC News. Nearly 40,000 migrants have arrived in Denver starting February 5th. Denver will limit the number of days migrants can stay in shelters and send those who exceed their stay out into the streets. According to the New York Post, Colorado's capital has joined the ever-growing list of cities that have become overwhelmed by the influx of migrants with over 38,000 asylum seekers arriving in Denver in the past year. The Mile High City has struggled to accommodate the new arrivals who have inundated city shelters and hospitals, prompting state officials to enact a limit on how long migrants can stay in state-funded rooms. Starting on February 5th, the city initially paused the discharge of migrant families from shelters on November 17th to assist the increasing number of new arrivals. However, after seeing a dramatic uptick, the city is now housing 4,500 migrants and will resume discharging migrant families. This influx is putting a strain on city housing, health care, and schools, raising questions about what services are being curtailed or diminished for legal residents uh, and citizens. A Venezuelan family told NBC News they just received a notice from the city that they will be evicted from the hotel where they have been living. And uh, they just uh, the uh, talked to the uh, chief of government and community affairs at Denver Hospital, uh, told the outlet that hospitals like his have become a safety net for the city, uh, said the hospital officials have begged state and federal officials to help cover $10 million in unpaid medical bills for migrants. Uh, emergency Emergency room doctor told NBC she worries Asylum seekers may not be able to get the help they might need after being discharged from the ER. Denver Public Schools have seen an additional 3,000 students enter the system since July, putting a strain on their budget as funding gets set based on the district's population the previous October. And so they just go through all the problems that they're having. Well, all I have to say is you became a sanctuary city, Start ta- raise the taxes in Denver. To cover the cost of it. Right. Right. You, you decided, this is what you decided to do. This is what you proclaimed was a good thing to do. Right. Based on the record-shattering federal numbers from last month, Denver is seriously struggling to handle the equivalent of four days' worth of illegal crossings at the border. The city's leaders have had a year to adjust to those arrivals. Border communities see as many illegal immigrants come through in less than a week, every week on repeat. 
as difficult and dysfunctional as it is. The only one of the only productive courses of action uh, that might uh, achieve change is for Abbott to keep sending more migrants to Denver and of all places until their leaders cry uncle. Not in the form of demanding taxpayer bailouts from Washington, mind you. They need to be bombarded until they have no choice but to heavily heavily pressure the Biden administration to actually secure the border. Zero bailouts. The pain, unfortunately, must be the point. Meanwhile, the president just keeps on lying, and they have where he said, I've done all I can do on the border. Right. That's an absolute lie. Yep. Does any Democrat buy that? And let me ask the question, why do Democrats continue to lie about the border? Well, From Mayorkas on, why? That's a question, and I've said earlier, the really interesting thing is Democrat voters have gone quiet. You don't you don't see them on social media anymore. You see the 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 liberal media still on it. But I, like I said, when I go back to all of uh, acquaintances and and social media friends and followers and everything else that I've had, Democrats have gone quiet. What do they really think? What do they think when the mayor said the border is secure? What do they think now in all these cities in New York, in Los Angeles? In Chicago, well, when the mayor isn't uh, taking the pro-Hamas terrorist side, mm-hmm. as he did yesterday. And by the way, this whole thing of, you know, now they're trying to milk toast this thing. Well, uh, we're just saying we want to cease fire. If you say you want to cease fire, you're pro-Hamas. Right. That's what you are. Right. You're pro-terrorist. Well, we need to uh, hang on. Okay, we were, we were going to evict uh, the migrants, but... Now we're not because it's too cold. We've got to wait a month. But, hey, we need to take a position here that uh, will boost our liberal base. Hey, let's be pro-Hamas. Let's be pro-killing innocent men, women, and children mm-hmm. and doing the most heinous things, as we said a couple of uh, weeks ago, when we actually read part of the – and we couldn't even do it because it uh, it's just – it's so incredibly disgusting as to what happened to women uh, in Israel on that day. And it's completely ignored by the left. And Johnson said it for a reason. Yeah. He said it for a reason. Right. There was a reason. Right. There was reason he came out pro-Hamas. Yep. Pro-terrorist. Looking and, to appeal to the base. And now you see, what is it, uh, Tlaib and was it Cory Bush? The only, the only uh, two that didn't vote uh, that... Uh, uh, that we shouldn't allow Hamas members in the United States. Right. And they didn't think. Yeah. They didn't vote against. Yeah, they didn't vote. Ag- they, they, they didn't, didn't vote, vote for it. the ban. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's how, understand that so many of these people, they're not American. No. They don't want to be American. No. no. They want to be another country. Oh, yeah. They really do. Right. And how we went from the country that we were to a country that is pro terrorism on the democrat side so many democrats is just beyond me but uh yeah there it is uh right there i mean biden i've done all i can do on the border everyone knows that's a lie i'm glad mike johnson keeps saying that yeah everyone knows it's a lie yeah it was cory bush and talib yeah cory bush and talib yeah yeah Yeah. um Yeah. yeah but when you when you just say that i mean i just wonder because this has been an issue you, the Democrats have been, even Democrat voters have been pro-illegal immigration for the longest time. If you are, why do you accept the line 
of the president and then the reversal of the of the president. Why don't you judge people on the stance that they take, not their personalities? And this goes back to Trump saying close the border. He's a racist xenophobe. Biden says close the border. Everybody is quiet. Mm-hmm. Are you quiet because you know he's lying there too? That he really doesn't wish to close the border? Well, you know the two go hand in hand. You know this. Uh, you know this position by Cory Bush and Talib. Think about that. No. Hamas terrorists should be able to come to the United States. Yep. Understand. That's officially where they stand. Understand how radical they are and what you've said. The, the, the thing that's really changed is you have the insane radicals mm-hmm. that are pro-terrorist yeah. in this country, pro-genocide, yep. and everybody else. And everybody else. Those are your two sides. There is no middle ground there. There is no soft-selling this, too, saying, oh, we just want an end to the war. No, what you're saying is you don't want Israel to defend themselves. You don't want them to eliminate Hamas. Well, that, this is such a joke because I saw you know, the, the, the story about Blinken and, you know, mm-hmm. the, that uh, the two-state solution. We oh, need to my push gosh. Us. The Palestinians don't want a two-state solution. Right. So the, this, this is typical liberalism. Let's promote something that everybody is against. Yeah. That yeah. nobody wants. Right. Right. And then uh, we can we can salute our virtue signaling. We care more because we, again, just like reparations in California, we are promoting the impossible and something that neither side wants and would be impossible to do. And in the meantime, doing nothing about Iran. Exactly. Iran is in full control of this whole thing. Uh, yeah, they're making yeah. they're making tens of billions of dollars every year to fund Hamas, to fund other terrorist organizations, and Biden is letting them do that while screaming that Israel shouldn't be defending itself and eliminating terrorism. It's amazing because right there, I mean, we're covering three or four topics, but it's all the same. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. It's the M.O. of the positions and the lies that the Democrats take on all these particular issues. And And Texas doesn't have the right to defend itself. And we're going to create a situation that's so overwhelming for Texas. Oh, yeah. Well, we forgot about uh, Denver and. And we forgot about Chicago. Yeah, well, but we don't care. The administration doesn't care about any of this. National security, if you're going to put, if you're going to rate it zero to 10, with zero being the worst, we're at zero right now. We're at zero. The hands of enforcement are tied once again. On the city streets, no one wants to serve anymore because of what was created years ago by the left. You've made the cops the bad guys. You've tied the hands of Border Patrol agents. 
We and don't give we don't give our military what they need. The botched exit of Afghanistan is further proof of that. If you need any, over and over again, it is destruction at the hands of one man, Joe Biden. There is no way to dispute what I just said. Those are hard, cold facts. He could change everything with a pen. The border, Iran, all of it. The same pen. And doesn't. And yet, you have so many Democrats that actually are foolish enough to believe that Biden cares about them. Right. Yeah. When you have instance after instance, because if you're lying about, as they have continued to do about the border and all the suffering, and if you're lying about it, you don't care about the American public. No, they don't. you don't. If you, you don't. Do, if you do the things that they do to increase the costs, to commit, as we have stated, you know, because of what they wish to do with the grid, energy, economic, and national security suicide, what they want to do now for exports of uh, liquefied natural gas, which would add you know, wealth, you know, to the United, you know, to the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything they do is to hurt the people of the United States. Yep. yep. Everything they do. And what they do is then, okay, let's throw in some short-term cash that we're borrowing from future generations. And, you know, that's the opiate of the masses. Right. And then we'll just keep throwing trillions of dollars of, of government money into the economy that shows what I call fake economic growth. You and I have said this for the longest time about when they revised how they did the GDP over mm-hmm. a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And Wall Street Journal has the whole thing on it. This is money that's just coming from being borrowed. The concert, And it's great. You throw the money in right now, and people go, we have money and we're doing great, but it's got to be paid down the road. And for the proof yesterday that uh, what I've been saying about Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, not serious about inflation, yeah, while claiming... Yeah. That they've done a good job on inflation. 86690 Red Eye. Lines open for your calls. 86690 Red Eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. I just where did this this Daily Mail UK mm. not over the hill yet? Researchers claim Biden 81 is a super ager. He's a super ager, Gary. A super ager, Gary. You da, need to be da, da, one of those. A super da, 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 ager. Da, 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 I need to be a da, da, super da, da. ager. <laughs> He's got special powers. He doesn't age like ketchup eaters. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> uh, they say it's actually Donald Trump was less likely to survive the next four years. That is a conclusion of professors from the University of Chicago, University of uh, Hawaii, that uh, Trump is a Trump. Biden is a super ager. Ah. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. I've got to say it again after seeing the numbers for the AFC Championship game last week. Uh, That, you know, record like 55.7 million, I think, watched it which was a record for the NAFC championship game. And mm-hmm. the week before, the divisional contest between Buffalo and Kansas City was a record. It was like $50 million for the uh, divisional playoff game. My right. point is, more than ever, and you hear it uh, from a fan of every single losing team out there, that the NFL is rigged. Yeah. Well, then all I have to say is, why do you keep punishing yourself? Mm-hmm. Stop watching. How right. many times do we have to say this? What 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 is it? Is is this Animal House? Is this Animal House with Kevin Bacon again? Thank you, sir. May I have another? It's rigged. It's rigged. Well, I, I got to watch the next game. Stop. If it's rigged, stop watching. Or maybe we just like watching rigged stuff. You know, <laughs> professional wrestling has its biggest audience ever. Exactly. Right, and we know it's rigged. Yeah, but they're but they admit it's rigged. Right, that it's scripted. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just reading here. This is uh, the Taylor Swift PSYOP freaks need to go outside from Charlie Cook. Mm-hmm. If they believe what they're saying, then they're crazy. If they don't believe it, but think that the country at large will buy it, then they're wrong. And this is, and this all happened. Jesse Waters wants to know if Taylor Swift is a Pentagon PSYOP asset. Others are worried that the elites are gearing up for an operation to use Taylor Swift in the election. Benny Johnson has concluded that Taylor Swift is an op. Laura Loomer is fretting about the Democrats' Taylor Swift election interference. Vivek Ramaswamy believes that the outcome of the Super Bowl has been predetermined. Together, these people have a primetime cable news show, 10 million followers on Twitter, intimate access to the likely Republican nominee for president, and absolutely no idea what the country they live in is really like. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. As an immigrant, I'm accustomed to hearing discussions. This was uh, uh, Charles Cook. Mm-hmm. As an immigrant, I was accustomed to hearing discussions about the United States that bear no resemblance to uh, America as it actually exists. Turn on the political. Uh, turn on a political talk show in England, France, and Germany, and when the topic turns to the U.S., you'll be treated to a uh, cart- cartoon, cartoonish fantasy straight from the uncanny, uh, un- uncanny valley, recognizable in the outline, but alien in every key detail. And just uh, goes on. That's the same thing with uh, what he calls the MAGA grifter class. By the way, Laura Loomer, she's a nutcase. Yeah. She always has been. Mm. I had a buddy of mine that that used a quote from her, and I said, you know what you're talking about? Mm. This woman's a nutcase. Mm. And he, he didn't know. Oh, I just like the quote. 
It's like, right. well, you, you know, if you're going to have credibility, you need to know who you're quoting. Um, he goes, uh, so the, and so it is with the MAGA grifter class, which despite its purported hatred of America, progressivism has at long last become every bit as dick disconnected from the worldview of the average American mm. <laughs> as the denizens at Netroots nations, <laughs> the squad and MSNBC populism by definition is supposed to be popular more than a decade <laughs> into their project. America's most prominent populist are yet to work that out. <laughs> That's a great point. So. <laughs> and then he goes on with other things. I don't necessarily agree with him. He goes, I use that word deliberately in modern parlance. Totalitarianism is also deployed to signify authoritarianism. Uh, uh, you know, I don't believe Jesse Waters is a, is a totalitarian. <laughs> you know, I, um, Others, the others, some of the others, I don't know who they are. Mm. Ramaswamy, I don't, but Ramaswamy, look, I, to me, Ramaswamy's a kid. He says great things, but he says extremely stupid things. Mm. And a lot of young people do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, do I believe like Ramaswamy? So I'm not sure where Charles is going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be a faction of the crazy. And we've said before, there are a lot of different people. that. Su- Remember, we came up with the eight demographics that support supported Trump in 2016. Mm-hmm. There's a wide variety of people. Yeah, sure. The vast majority are, you know, look and they understand the the binary situation. They understand what Trump has gone through and they believe it's completely unfair. You also have a segment that's completely nuts. I do believe the NFL is rigged. I believe it's, I believe that they are, and they're not even trying to hide it. They're trying to get more viewers, and it's working. Their plan, oh, I'm sorry, their scheme scheme is working. And why do they do that? Money. I, I, I You haven't explained the scheme. They're getting people to watch so they can make money. It's oh, all that, about oh, that's, money. Oh, that's the scheme in itself. Okay. Money. Through, and I'm doing the air quotes, advertising dollars. Oh, okay, that's the scheme. The cap, the the capitalist. Uh huh. Why can't it be free? Well, no, that's all over the place. You know the, you know it was like I, I get the players just volunteer their time. I, I you know, I, I'm and talent. I burst out laughing. <laughs> I, I burst out laughing when that whole thing came on when the wild card yeah. game was on. Yeah, uh, was it? Not Paramount. Uh, what was it on? Oh, I can't remember. No, it wasn't not, Hulu. Not, not Prime, not Hulu. What was it? I did. The one that I don't have. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but it was like... For me, that's most of them. But, there, <laughs> but actually, there's sort of a sense of... But you had the games like this all the time. It's like, excuse me. Peacock. Know, Peacock. I, yeah. I knew, yeah, I knew when I woke up yeah. on January 1st. January, I had the whole day free January 1st. Woke up early. Yeah. Went, wow, it's going to be great. You know, it's January 1st, going to be sports on all day. There was mm-hmm. one meaningless bowl game. You know, I, I th- forgot who it even was. But it was like the number 18th team taking on the number 24th team. Nobody cares about the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Probably less than a million people watched that game. And just because it was 
the only sport on regular TV. Yeah. On, on Fox, CBS, NBC, and CBS, there wasn't one sporting event on. I was like, I woke up going, oh, the outdoor hockey game's on. I'll watch. Nope. Not on regular not on regular TV. None of it. None of it was. And it's like, it's a new world. If you want to watch sports, you're going to have to pay more for it. And I mean, it, which really is, I mean, it's not exactly pay-per-view because a subscription isn't pay-per-view, but it's that same approach. Well, you're going to have to pay over here and pay over here. Here's where, well, it's not, it's not just free. I, I mean, I'm, you're, if you yeah, you have to go to a premium channel. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's other stuff. They may not be charging you for the game, but you still got to pay. That's what I mean. It's not pay-per-view, though. It's no. You're paying a subscription, but you're still having to pay, right. and which means you got to jump over here for this game. Oh, which you got also got to pay over here and have that subscription for that game. And one cable subscription used to cover it all. Well, I what I love is, well, they need, they, they, they need to cover this actually has come out of Buffalo a few times. Mm-hmm. Buffalo's an older town, and there's a lot of elderly people there, and so the game should be free. How dare the greed of the NFL not to play? Well, you can say that about every, uh, every uh, I, almost said, I almost said record, <laughs> every piece of music that's done, mm-hmm. every TV show that's out there, mm-hmm. that the elderly should have access to everything. If the elderly should have free access to sports, and the elderly should have free access to everybody else. And remember... I'm as I am the same age as a lot of these old people. Yeah, you are. You're older than some and, of them. And so when I say when I say that, you know, how dare you? No, I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. But I also know that <laughs> I also know that I'm not entitled to anything in the private sector, including football. But look, we make excuses all the time. You know, we even Republicans do. When it comes to, you know, I don't, whether it's an addiction to sports, I don't know. But when they build a stadium, it's a great investment. It's a load of horsemen or it's a terrible investment for taxpayer dollars. Well, sports doesn't, you know, it's like, well, it's like the same, they did the same thing with uh, Taylor Swift, how much she boosts local economy. Well, yeah, she'll boost a local economy when she comes in there, the bars and restaurants around the area. But the fact is that's coming out of entertainment dollars. She's not producing a good or service, it's part, the cost, entertainment is the cost of doing business. People want to be entertained, but it isn't the same. It's not this great jolt to the economy overall. You're taking money from over there and you're putting it over there. And so we do the same thing with sports stadiums. Oh, the incredible, stop lying. You just, you want your addiction fed and that's fine if the taxpayers do it, but don't BS and don't, you know, don't throw out. It's like the Republicans yesterday with the whole, you know, uh, the, the, the whole corporate, the, not corporate, but the whole uh, welfare mm-hmm. uh, side of the, the child tax credit. It's welfare. It's not a tax. It's not a tax cut. It's welfare. And Republicans won't even tell you the truth. Everybody wants to BS for their own little particular thing, including Republicans, when it comes to building stadiums. And, you know, it's like and, and putting taxpayer dollars involved in it. Everybody wants to jump around it. Nobody ever wants to seriously look at it and say, is it really economically feasible or are they lying? I don't care if you want to build a stadium with taxpayer dollars. Don't lie about the economic output of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't do that. Right. 
because it, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to watch where the streamers go with it because nothing can stop people from jumping on and jumping off. You're going to have to if if the you know I'm interested in the business model of it all, but the more you fragment it, the worse the business model becomes for any given streamer. You know, and mm-hmm. the fans, you've got fan outrage because it's like, okay, now I've got to get Hulu, now I've got to get Peacock, now I've got to get Paramount. Now I've got to get Amazon, which is, you know, going way up in price. Now I've got to get this. Now I've got to get that. Where do I get just the one annual price for watching the entire season of games? And I don't know any streamer that's, you know, right now talking about doing that. One streaming channel that brings all of it there. It was never the case with cable. But the problem is, is that the subscriber was paying one price and had one service. Now it was different service right. providers, but you were paying one price and getting everything. But, but I, it's, it, by the way, that falls with every piece of entertainment that's out there. It's not just sports. Oh, yeah. But sports is where people, again, claim ownership. Hey, that's my team. I should be able to watch them. The sports sense of entitlement. No, it is. And then the the whole rigging. And I was talking to a couple of people. They said, why is that? I go, well, everybody, I don't care whether it's Democrat or Republican, the last election was rigged. We're yeah. still going to go out and vote. Right. I mean, the thing, we're still going to go out and vote, but the election, I'm voting in a rigged election, and I will continue to vote in a rigged election. It's, And I'm like, sort of the same thing that it's like, the NFL's rigged, the NFL's rigged, but you're still watching. Right. If it's rigged and you're upset about it, then don't participate in it. Right. And I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not saying don't vote, mm. but I'm just saying, no, we've got in the habit of everything is rigged. Everything is stolen. So why does it naturally, if that's what we're saying in society, naturally you're going, that's going to move to sports and that's where it is. But the thing is the people that most loudly that I know, the, it's, it's anecdotal for me, uh, that are screaming that the NFL is rigged, watch every week. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> which makes you think that the thing about, you know, uh, things. What is rigged actually is screaming about things being rigged. That's what's rigged. <laughs> well, and remember <laughs> when when wrestling go. This goes back to the eighties and nineties before wrestling came out and said, "Hey, we're scripted." Yeah. If you said the accusation that they're rigged, the defenders of professional wrestling would say, "No, it's not." Remember, they did that. They defended. I remember. I mean, there was an incredible, in the 80s and 90s, before they came out and said, okay, no, we're actually rigged. Oh, Rick Flair would put you in a headlock. It's, I mean, it's just, but the, the fans were, ab- no, it's real. It's real. It's like, uh, no, it's fake. Yeah, it's, and, it's fake, and it's okay that it's fake. The, but Everybody knows it, except you. Everybody will admit it, except you. But, yeah, I just love the... As we uh, what Super Bowls next week, and and mm-hmm. I won't see that. I mean, it's well. How long before that's on a streamer? Well, it all comes down to the. It all comes down to I think the business model of it, which you and I have talked about. That you get such a big audience, and you get you you get such a huge amount of of uh, uh, of uh, income, right? And you charge such an exorbitant amount as they know for the commercials. Right. But, uh, you know, do you need that? Is, is it more important to get that money and the exposure and to be able to get, uh, 
uh, you know, 150 million people at least tuning in to a Super Bowl or put it on a network where only 100 million watched it. Right. But they had to pay for it, which would bring in more income. Right. Uh, if I'm in any sport today, in the back of my head, yeah. always in the back of my head is, look what happened in NASCAR. Well, because I never people's thought. interest will change based on how much they have to pay for it. There's a threshold. It's already the time spent is already changing our viewing habits when it comes to sports. So, and I think COVID was a part of that. You know, staying at home, looking at a screen in your house for eight hours a day when people were working from home. And then do we want to sit there for 12 hours on Sunday and look at another screen? Well, you know, the whole NFL thing, too, is like, well, we, we our taxpayer money is building all a part of all these stadiums out there, so it should be for free. Exactly. Well, you should have put that in the contract deal. <laughs> it's not in the contract. Blame your politicians again. <laughs> right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Hello. How is everybody? Happy February. Uh, oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, we're here. It's happening. It's February. Wow, February yeah. 1st already. Yep, we're doing it. Groundhog Day tomorrow then. Right? Yep, exactly. The movie will be all over. Yeah, TV. it will be. <laughs> Great movie, the though. The next day in it. It is. Great movie. Great movie. It is. Yeah. And actually, I I forgot now. I actually drove through the town that it was filmed in. It was mm. filmed in Illinois. I just can't remember. Mm. Is it Woodstock? I think it's Woodstock. Mm. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it's Woodstock, Illinois. Okay. All right. I drove through. I drove, after that movie came out, I I drove through just to see yeah. the town. And the thing is, I, I really, you know, you, you, you want to, it's like, um, um, the uh, oh, the A Quiet Place 2 that was done in Akron, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the monsters falling from the sky. Right. Well, um, I've been through Akron, I don't know, <laughs> hundreds of times in my life. Uh, driving, whenever I, you know, take Dad for a drive, a lot of times we, you know, head through Akron, New York, where they filmed A Quiet Place 2. And the scene in the, the small... I guess you call it the downtown area of Akron, which is extremely small, just, you know, right. storefronts right. and everything else. You know, when you see it and the camera angles, I, you know, I really don't recognize it as much. I, a little bit you do, but you really don't because of the camera angles and, you know, the different things that they put. They actually extended the buildings out so they could crash things into it. Right. Yeah. They weren't crashing into the real buildings. Right. But it's where the monsters were all coming down in a quiet place, too. Right. Dropping on the vehicles and in a bus and everything else. Mm-hmm. It's like, really didn't recognize it. But, yeah, Woodstock, Illinois, where they, I think mm-hmm. they filmed that.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. <laughs> you and I were just talking about the movie Groundhog Day, yeah. Groundhog Day tomorrow, and and you were talking about what was it? Is it Stephen Stephen Tobolowski? Tobolowski, yeah. He's uh, the goofy guy. Yeah, Ned. He plays Ned. Yes, he comes up. He, yeah. The, the uh, great, great character actor. Am I right? Am I, am I right? Yeah. Am I yeah. right? Am I am I right? Am I, I just, great character actor. He's great character actor. And yes, you started talking about the band that he used to be in, and knowing Stevie yeah. Ray Vaughan and all right. this other stuff, which you he, would never think he was in the music business. What's well, interesting because you and I have worked with people that knew Stevie went to school with Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in Dallas long enough, yep. you're you're going to run into that people, but. Um, being a Dallas native and a musician, uh, Tobolowski talked on a, on a podcast about the band that he had and they, uh, were recording something and, and they brought Stevie in to play guitar. Uh, and this is, you know, very young Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, and you know, and, and what that experience was like. And I thought to myself, okay, but I want to hear more about Tobolowski's. I mean, I, I love Stevie Ray Vaughan, of course. Right, um, but I want to also hear more about Tobolowski's <laughs> band and 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 music and everything else. But he's just a a very interesting person and a great character actor. He was so great in that role of Ned. I mean, he's perfect. He's just perfect. He just pulled it off. Just terrific. You know, I just love it when the Bill Murray character buys all of the insurance. Yeah, it's like right. He bought yeah. everything. Exactly. From yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, there it is. I just yeah. it, it filmed in Woodstock, Illinois. So all right, the, yeah. the town scenes and I think the quarry scene. I yeah. wanted to go see the quarry, but I, yeah. I couldn't couldn't find anybody when I was in. Hey, you know where the quarry is? Nobody, mm. nobody I asked knew. So all right, yeah, but, yeah. So I'll I'll probably uh, watch it again. Yeah, good uh, movie. In other stories, does anybody have any self-awareness? <laughs> We've asked I that. don't think so. When I saw this one uh, report, Bonnie Willis fired a whistleblower who warned her about mishandling federal funds. Oh. <laughs> Before you make an announcement that you're running for office and <laughs> yeah. your target yeah. is going after a former president. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that was my business, yeah. if I wasn't the most squeaky clean person on the planet, I would not do it. I would have enough right. self-awareness to go, if I go after him, everybody will be coming after me. Well, that's the, what you think, that's right? The, 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 I was going to say, even if I were squeaky clean, which everyone knows I'm not, to start the, I'll start my own rumors. Or in radio. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, even if you're the, the, the squeakiest and cleanest, well, you know it's going to come back at you. There's no way it's not going to come back at you. Because they'll, they'll find anything and everything to come at you for, and it just seems like there's zero self-awareness in that regard. How could you not think that through going, all right, if I do this, you know, this is going to raise my profile. Well, well, what's the downside of, well, you know, you want to go through, you want to walk through the pros and cons of raising your political profile. The cons would be everyone who disagrees with you 
everyone who is not of your party, is not of your opinion, wants to run against you, is the soon-to-be former wife of your boyfriend. You know, the whole list of enemies thing. You want to go through that and go, okay, how could they come at me? I mean, maybe, I don't know, my boyfriend's wife. Because if you think about it, it really is the divorce that purged all this stuff to the No, you're right. To the surface. Uh, but embattled Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Wa- uh, Willis, excuse me, fired an employee who warned her about mishandling federal funds. According to a report, the Washington Free Beacon on Wednesday reported that in 2021, less than a year into her tenure, Willis met with an employee in her office uh, who told her that she uh, had been demoted after attempting to stop a top uh, Willis campaign aide from misusing federal grant money meant for a youth gang prevention initiative. Wow. Hmm. Her name was Amanda Timpson, according to Breitbart. Timpson told Willis that the aide, Michael Cuffey, who was also uh, Tillis's Uh, uh, oh, was her direct manager mm. had planned to use part of the four hundred eighty-eight thousand dollar federal grant, which was earmarked for the creation of a center for youth empowerment and gang prevention, to pay uh, for uh, computers and travel, mm. according to the outlet, which also obtained an audio recording of the conversations. Uh oh. Gotta hate when that happens. Wow. I may never have another conversation again. Now, here, I don't mind if I'm being recorded. Oh, crap. Are we being recorded? Because I'm on the air. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we're not being recorded Wait a off minute. the air. I don't give anyone consent. I saw one of those the other day again. Oh, and f- I do not Facebook. give anyone consent to use my... Uh, you You already did that. It's already happened. What I what I like because I saw one last week where somebody said, you know, I know I've been told that these things are all basically a hoax, yeah. but I'm positive this one's right, and it's the exact same thing. Mm. I I'm telling Facebook not to, well, yeah. unless you're Ted Cruz. Yesterday, mm. I'm telling Facebook. <laughs> uh, he was telling Facebook something else. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm telling Facebook that. The all the pictures and everything on there is my property and not yeah, yours. Right. It's like, and it's been going on for such a long time. My first reaction is, "You're an idiot." <laughs> Sorry, I hate to be mean like that, but that's my first thought. You're an idiot. Well, because we've been over, and and the fact is, they know that these things are bogus. But then it's like, well, the hope is this one isn't. That somehow magically, the agreement you made with Facebook changed and it's all your property and facebook can't do anything about it it's how long have we been internetting it's been let's just say let's round it off to 20 years right for most people most people actively not not social media just just the internet itself between 2000 and 2005 probably most people got got roughly so roughly computer yeah roughly 20 years right the concern right away you know, what the government can see, what other people can see, 
you know, that kind of thing. Um, what information of mine is out there? And yet we go on social media, put all of our pictures, including everything we just had for breakfast, and say, I don't want anybody thinking that they've got control of this. Oh, by the way, here's some more for you to look at. I... <laughs> they need to respect my privacy. How do you like these new shoes? Hey, today's my birthday, and here's how old I turn. The last four of my social are, I mean, where if you don't want that out there, if you don't want people using it, don't put it out there. It's that simple. There is no, you're, you're not going to get that privacy unless you're a private person. Well, you get the privacy if you get a, a Kodak Instamatic. You take the picture <laughs> and then you put it in a file at home. Yeah, but you, you, know put how, it, you put it in the binder yeah, at home. Yeah, but you know how hard those are to burn? Let me tell you. <laughs> it's a weird color smoke, too, that they put off when you burn them. It's just weird. Yeah, that is that is uh, interesting. Here's my entire life. I, I the ones I, The ones I like the most, which means I dislike them the most, but there is a perverted just observation like you know why are the number one the cryptic messages mm-hmm. i can't believe i let him do that to me that will never happen again i will die before that ever happens yeah, or and then I, that, or that, simply i can't believe this is happening right and then that's it it's like <laughs> yeah oh uh so you want attention what's going on what's happening what's going on or i usually or the ones that say uh I know you won't respond to this. I, I like and then, to, and then usually it's about some disease, and you need to cut and paste it and do everything else. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. And no, I didn't come here to do homework. Well, if if you know for the cryptic message, I like to go further on the cryptic. Well, you should hear what he did to me, <laughs> and then not respond to anybody. And see, I don't ever go on Facebook anymore, so I could post it and not even hear about any responses to it and be just fine because I would be laughing in my tiny little brain. That's all I need is my own little entertainment. I mean, if you want to be cryptic, we'll get really cryptic. I'll make you think. I'll make you worry. I get a kick out of it. Or some. the best one was somebody... I don't even know how the response was. It was back a couple of years. Mm-hmm. It was just in capital letters, why? And then question marks. <laughs> <laughs> why what? What's going on? Exactly. Are you okay? Yeah. Is this personal? And right. the person didn't answer. They just put why. Yeah. And it's like right. 50 responses. Are, are you okay? Do you need help? Should we? <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, that didn't seem like a 911 request it was just simply why <laughs> right and then someone is this your sports team was your football team playing did they lose did they win what's going on uh is the nfl rigged <laughs> just, right is mr beast actually going to give me ten thousand dollars exactly <laughs> i really hope he does by the way um but it's, <laughs> it's why that was the best it's like, and it's, the thing is i got it immediately i yeah. knew the guy's Sarcasm, I burst out laughing yeah, as soon as yeah. I saw it. Why? Oh, it's, it's just, 
That's the best one, right? Just in, in, in all caps. Right. All yeah. caps. Right? <laughs> and I thought you could just leave it. You do a lot. Why? How? And just just <laughs> walk. Yeah. But how? Yeah. With that. But how could this happen? <laughs> and, then just, and then just leave it. Walk away for a year. Well, it's like the scammers on Facebook now that they'll sit there and, you know, they'll tag a bunch of people and they'll say, and yes, many people knew who died in this accident. Yeah. You know, right. that one, that one's right. the one that I saw one yesterday on that one. Right. Tagging all my friends. It was like, uh, you know, and, you know, your friends died in this accident too. And it's like, that's a clickbait. Oh, I love, the, I love the ads. This one trick will melt belly fat in 30 days. <laughs> Cinnamon will cure your type 2 diabetes. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the one I saw the other day. Going Don't up. ever eat a banana again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on. Are we still doing that? And I think and to myself, you know, because back in the day, it would be the, um, uh, you know, the, the, the tabloid things at the at the checkout stand. Mm-hmm. I don't think they print any of those anymore, do they? No, I don't see. I, yeah, I, don't I can't see remember the last time it was at a checkout stand. But <laughs> wow, remember the? I go to self checkout, so I don't stand around. I'm old enough to remember Rick D's doing his weekly world yeah. news update. Remember the? Yeah, yeah. Weekly world news. More Rick D's in the weekly top <laughs> one. More. I used to remember that. Yeah. Like a... <laughs> um, but but the, you know the tabloids used to be. Here's how you can lose 30 pounds by 10 p.m. And it's, you know, I mean, and then they would just fly off the shelves. Now we're just doing it on web ads. And I hate the Twitter ads that are in the comment section. Mm. You're going through and it's like somebody makes a comment and then or starts a thread. Then you start reading the comments. You go to one comment. You go to the second one. It's a ad. Yeah. I like the TV news teasers. Your children could be hospitalized by 9 p.m. We'll have the story at 10. (laughs) 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, he's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. The uh, border bill, where is this, and how are they attempting to sell it? It's something that we talked about the last couple of days, getting into the minutia of of what the Democrats are doing. They leak out certain things. People comment on it, and they say, well, that's not what's in the bill. Mm-hmm. How dare you, uh, you, you do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they come out and say, well, there's so much misinformation out there of the text that they have yet to release, but they're telling you that they are agreeing with the bill. Yeah. But they don't tell you anything. Right. And it's just like, stop it. Just stop it. Let us see the bill. Let us see the bill. You can end all of it by letting us see the bill. And we'll get to more of this coming up.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, so we didn't get a chance to uh, talk about it yet. We've been talking about it uh, off the air, but the whole uh, Elon Musk pay package thing in in, uh, uh, Delaware, was it 56? uh, I think the total was 58, and some are reporting $55 billion. $55.8 billion compensation Mm -hmm. uh, uh, deal. I I still can't get – I get a lot of stuff from what the judge says, but I don't get the specifics. For example, the judge said, and what the, the a judge came in and said, because a shareholder, uh, there was a compensation package for Elon Musk that he said was critical to keeping the company going. Uh, you know, I don't know whether that's true or not. That was his claim. Okay, mm. his claim. So uh, it was approved by the board, and it was approved by eighty-one percent of the shareholders. Yep. Now. The exact economics of it and why he needed it, I can't tell you. Uh, they look at that and say, "Well, that's way over what somebody should be paid." Who sets that? Who sets that though? And they're saying that the shareholders were not sufficiently informed about important things of the deal, but they don't tell me what those things were. Obviously, they knew what the compensation package was, and that's the brunt of it. Right. What else would it have been that they should have known? I can't find. Because if you're going to make, if, yeah. if as a judge, she's going to make the case that Elon Musk was working with the board to keep information from the shareholders, that's lying to the shareholders or giving them false information, which would be against the law. That's not alleged. That is not alleged at all. But she implies it. In her ruling, it says uh, plaintiff's lawyers argue that Musk exerted too much control over the pay negotiations. Uh, I don't know what too much control even means. Right. What does that mean? Right. Uh, does does he have more clout in that company than other CEOs? Absolutely. But yeah. what is what in law defines too much as to not enough or the porridge is just right? Right. Right. Well, again, what is the role of the CEO? It's not a ribbon cutter, especially with Elon Musk and Tesla. We all know that. I mean, he's basically the chief innovator. And so you can say what you want and say, well, that's too much money for him to make if you have that opinion. Okay, fine. If you're a shareholder, you had a chance to vote on it, which is part of the process. And that's where it all starts and ends with me. Well, yeah, because I neither you or I are saying what the right decision is. Nope. The process what, played what, out. What we're saying is the process the process plays out a certain way. What role does government have, even in a state, to say we believe this is excessive? So 
if the board of directors and the shareholders wish to destroy the company through the policies that they put forth, including compensation for the CEO, who is the government? Does the government come in and protect the other 19% of shareholders? Right. Must it be a hundred percent vote? Yeah, I, I you know, I, on I, compensation. Again, look, both you and I look at Tesla and say, we're, "What would it be without you know government subsidies?" Mm-hmm. The government subsidies were wrong. We wouldn't be dealing with this today if it wasn't for government subsidies. By the way, this probably wouldn't be an issue. And and I don't care what Elon Musk makes. It's about mm-hmm. whether the process itself yeah. here, because if the courts can come in and go. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't like this compensation for that CEO. Because somebody, because because a shareholder files a suit. You know, she wrote the words deeply flawed. Well, wait a minute. You're implying that they work together. In her ruling, she's implying that Elon Musk and the board worked together and kept information from the shareholders. Therefore, they couldn't properly vote on it because they didn't have all of the information. Here's what she wrote. The judge, in the final analysis, Musk launched a self-driving process, recalibrating the speed and direction along the way as he saw fit. The process arrived at an unfair price, end of quote. Unfair to who? 81% of the shareholders said it was fair. Well, is is a judge's role to decide what's fair or unfair, or is a judge's role to decide this is illegal or legal? Right. I don't see what place a judge even has in this. Right. There's no fraud, no allegations of fraud, just that he's such a powerful CEO where he is wielding more power than uh, another uh, generic CEO would have over their company. Right. Well, the government shouldn't be involved in that at all. Right. She's not saying legal or illegal. She's simply, by her own opinion, saying, I believe this is unfair. Right. Well, are you a shareholder? If you are, you you had a chance to vote on it. Right. Are you a voting shareholder? Are you part of the board? Right. Because I could look at it and and look at it and say, well, Tesla's got a tough uh, road here. <laughs> Let's just liquidate the company now. Well, speaking and, of liquidation, and, if, and if pay you're off, one of those shareholders, taxpayers. <laughs> if you're one of those shareholders, one of those nineteen percent that didn't that voted no, then you can liquidate your shares because if you believe yes, you can be that out, that yeah. you know fifty six billion dollars is going to be the threshold that sends the company in a downward spiral and and compromises profitability long-term or even short-term, whatever. You can turn around and share or sell those shares right now. Yeah. You can get out. That's your recourse because 81% of your fellow shareholders said, we're okay with it. And that's the way it works. This judge isn't coming out and directly alleging that anything unlawful was done, that would have been the headline. Yeah. 
it's a bizarre ruling. It's a totally bizarre ruling. Deeply flawed, unfair. Well, those are ambiguous terms. You need to say it if they broke the law. Manipulation is part of business. Did anyone break the law? This may be detrimental, by the way, to the profitability of of that company, of Tesla. It may be if it were to go through. I can't tell you that. Would, I would I would say the demand for EVs or the slowing demand or lack of demand for EVs would be probably the biggest headwinds that they face. But if all of the OEMs, they have the market share right now in terms of cars on the road and cars being sold, EVs. So this is not, you know, again, about whether you like Tesla, whether you like Elon Musk or anything else. It's about does a judge have this, should a judge have this kind of power? When a shareholder who is not happy brings about a lawsuit, because now we can go into other publicly traded companies and tell me which publicly traded company today doesn't have at least one activist on uh, as a shareholder. Activist shareholders are a th- that's a thing. Well, and you bring up the fact that uh, the shareholder had another recourse. Yep. Well, I don't like this is what you're proposing. I'm out. I'm selling my shares. Selling my shares. Now. And and I'm if out. you're, you know, depending on how how many you have, I mean that that mm-hmm. affects the the price, uh, at least the short-term price of that that stock, you know, if you had, let's say you had the 19% that voted no, and then, but it passed, and then it went through, and, you know, Elon gets paid, and there were, nobody went to court, and, and that 19% sold their shares. That would be a big deal, as you point out here in that yeah. story. Yeah. He owns what twenty? He has twenty two percent of the shares. Yeah. Imagine he sold all twenty two percent. I mean, that's that's the thing. If you sold, if if one one out of every five shareholders walked away from that company, that would be a that would be a bad day. Oh, but that that would be a way that that would be their ability to to show that. The decision of the board and the other shareholders had a financial. There was a financial penalty to be paid. Exactly. That's for that. That's that's your recourse. But the judge saying not illegal. Judges are there to say what's legal or not, what's fair or unfair. Right. Well, and and the, it, it also comes in and it implies that the court has you know it, there is protection of shareholders when it comes to the law. If the law were broken, but what this goes far beyond that, and it implies that the judge, uh, or, or the shareholder that is that is filing the suit, has a right to the protection of the courts in terms of profitability of the company, and that isn't necessarily yeah. true. Well, it says there Delaware courts uh, where many legal battles. This is from Wall Street Journal. Uh, where many legal battles with Fortune 500 companies play out, generally don't micromanage business dealings. McCormick's ruling focused on the appropriate process for the negotiations, not what the size of the actual pay package should be. Well, what does appropriate mean? It should be 
the ruling should focus on the legality of the process of negotiations. Right. Not what appropriate is. Right. You should have done this. You should have. You could have done more. I mean, abstract term. Exactly. She used a lot of these abstract terms, by the way, in her ruling as well. And if there was a law broken, then demonstrate that. By the way, she also could have ruled and and written in her opinion, look, I don't like the way this went down, but sorry. 81% of the shareholders are okay with this pay package. And really, there's nothing else to say here. His relationship with the board, I expect Elon Musk, like a lot of CEOs, to be tight with the board of directors. That's the way it most often is. You have to have that synergy at the top to get things done. And if he's not getting things done, then the board can also take action, which has happened before. In fact, it happens on a regular basis where a CEO is, boom, gone. Because if that's the case, if Disney was based in Delaware, (laughs) could they go after (laughs) if a shareholder sued Mm -hmm. because they're doing things that will cut their own throat? Right. Is it unfair that Disney is losing tons of money because they're actually not living up to their... You might have a better case of Disney not living up to their fiduciary responsibility. Mm Mm-hmm. To make right. a profit right. by going so woke that they've just, you know, they've... They've made enemies out of the parents that they cater to. Exactly. Right. And the fiduciary responsibility of a corporation uh, and you know, is actually, that's actually in the law. Mm-hmm. Right. You actually have sure. a fiduciary responsibility mm-hmm. if you're a corporation to make money for the stockholder. She's not arguing She's that. She's not arguing that at all. She's not alleging right. any law breaking. She didn't like the way that he was chummy with board of the the board members, certain board members. The, the the process was deeply flawed. Well, set all of that aside, 81% of the shareholders. Well, this is why she had to connect, you know, that with the shareholder thing by saying, well, they worked to make sure that the the shareholders didn't have the proper information. Now you're implying that the law was broken. Yeah. Yeah. And if it was not, then you you don't have a point here. Because if you only gave one set of the books, right. if you only gave the assets and not the liabilities, right. in essence, you are committing fraud. Right. That would be fraud. Right. And the victims would be the shareholders. Right. All of them, even the ones that approved it, because they were denied information, they were given fraudulent information just by omission. Right. She's not saying that. She's not saying that. Because all of that would be illegal. Wow. 86690-RED-EYE. Brought to you by Hotshot Secret. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. Drivers must always be prepared for a roadside inspection. This means drivers should always have their personal, vehicle, and company credentials organized and ready, and having any shipment paperwork, such as bills of lading or hazardous material shipment emergency response information, organized and ready for the inspection official. Just an FYI, the top two violations written against drivers every year, as well as during Operation Road Check, 
are log general form and manner and log not current. Both are completely avoidable if the driver keeps the log accurate, compliant, and current at all times. Having the vehicle ready for inspection involves the driver conducting daily inspections and making sure any problems that are discovered are immediately corrected. Vehicle readiness also requires the company to make sure that the vehicle is current on all scheduled maintenance and that the maintenance schedule is adequate. This will make sure the driver is being given a sound vehicle to start with. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Let's go to Ken in Dover, Delaware, about the uh, Delaware judge's decision on uh, Elon Musk and his uh, pay package. Hi, Ken. You're on Red Eye Radio. Just a couple of points. A huge percentage of our state budget comes from incorporation fees. So this decision is going to come down to money. The Delaware Supreme Court is going to review this and clarify this very quickly. This is a fatal decision to our incorporation regime here. You know, we compete with Nevada and some other states for this business. We can't afford it. The Delaware Supreme Court will review this very quickly. And if they don't call it an overturning, they'll call it a clarification. Okay, yeah, it's interesting because I was just reading some of the analysis, and I don't know who they were, these people are that the Wall Street Journal uh, was, uh, was uh, uh, interviewing, and they said, uh, it might be tough to get it overturned. My point is, I'm not really under, I, I don't understand, because it's, she's not, uh, you may know more about it because it may be a bigger issue in in Delaware than what I get here from the articles that I've read on it, and so there may be more coverage on it, but uh, did anybody, did the judge at all, or is anybody making the accusation that the judge said something was done illegally in the process? No. In Delaware, the corporate, the corporate focus is on what's called the business judgment rule, which is very permissive. If it's generally acceptable in business, Delaware usually goes along with it, and that would be this pay package. She's getting into processes which the court usually doesn't touch, especially with a huge majority with the shareholders approving it. So the Delaware Supreme Court will look at this. I mean, our state budget depends on this business. Yeah, well, there, there's that, but but also the process that is put into place that, that drives that kind of business, you know, has to be protected long term. And thanks for the call, Ken. But it is, you know, that that's what it comes down to, is that especially when it comes to a shareholder vote, there is nothing more transparent than that. And she's claiming it wasn't fully transparent which tell that, and that begs the question, are you saying something illegal was done? Because if you're not, then it was on the up and up. You don't like the way it came out, or someone doesn't like mm-hmm. the way it came out, but the process itself was not unlawful.
Autonomous Individuals in Unison. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley on Red Eye Radio. <laughs> That's true. We are a- autonomous human beings together. <laughs> <laughs> Let us all be one autonomously. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I heard that one, <laughs> I or the first time I paid attention to the deep voice guy coming in. That one, mm-hmm. that one was uh, that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so it's February, which means what? Mm. It's Biden month. Woo-hoo! What? Yeah, okay. Uh, let me see. You've got uh, James Biden has mm-hmm. been called later on this month. Yeah, or deposition has agreed uh, to it. Mm-hmm. Don't forget President's Hunt, Day because Hunter Joe Biden has, will make that about him. <laughs> Hunt, uh, Hunter uh, also will be at the end of the month. Yeah. Is going to be called in. Reading this from the New York Post, Biden family associate Eric uh, Schwerin told congressional impeachment investigators Tuesday that he provided free financial services to President Biden during his vice presidency while doing business with his son Hunter. By the way, doing providing free financial services, uh, you are supposed to report that too. I believe on any type of free service you get, correct? Uh, yeah, depending, I, I guess, on the value of the service. But yeah, yeah. Biden family associate uh, Schwern told congressional impeachment investigators that he provided free financial services to President Biden during his vice presidency while doing business with his son Hunter. A familiar source with the testimony said he described. Performing without charge money-related tasks, including bookkeeping, paying bills, preparing taxes, and uh, official financial disclosure forms for the then-Vice President. The rarely seen Schwerin did not address the press during his trip to Capitol Hill for the closed-door deposition with House members and lawyers looking into alleged corruption in the first family. He testified that despite being one of Hunter Biden's closest associates, he knew little about the details of the payments from China, Kazakhstan, Romania, Russia, and Ukraine. However, as I write here, testimony could still advance Republican claims that Joe Biden misrepresented his distance from relatives' business dealings. Uh, as a candidate in 2019, Biden said, what I will do is the same thing that we did in our administration. There will be absolute wall between personal, personal and private businesses and the government there wasn't any hint of scandal when we were there. A second person familiar with Schwerin's remarks said that he insisted he provided his services to Joe Biden as a friend and that the favors were unrelated to his work with Hunter Biden. Some other details of the testimony were not immediately known, such as what he may have said about communications with Joe Biden using email addresses registered to pseudonyms for the then vice president. Joe Biden swapped emails at least 54 times. That would be the thing that you would want to get out. That's the thing, because if someone's leaking this stuff, it, look, it that's, looks like it's Schwerin's people leaking this stuff. Then the 54 emails with Joe Biden using the pseudonym with Schwerin, that's something I would want to get cleared up right away. Yeah, right. And that didn't get cleared up. Other mm-hmm. things did that they wish to let out, because it seems like the leaks here are coming from Schwerin's people, not congressional investigators. Right. Uh, But Joe Biden swapped emails at least 54 times with Schwerin during his vice presidency, according to prior disclosures. 
as then second son Hunter Biden courted business from countries where his father held sway, such as China and Ukraine. Some of the emails were sent at roughly the same time that Joe Biden was making official trips to Ukraine as a head of U.S. policy, while Hunter was earning a uh, million-dollar salary sitting on the board of natural gas company Burisma Holdings beginning in the spring of uh, 2014. So all interesting to see where this all goes. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know. And for people wondering, because I, I get the emails occasionally, why don't they work on this faster? And, and my answer has always been, to what end? Well, so they impeach him. I don't believe that's the goal of Republicans. I never have. We've talked about this for a long time. I've never believed that's what they're 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 trying to do. They're, I don't believe. I highly doubt unless there's absolutely slam dunk bribery evidence in there that uh, Republicans will not uh, actually hold an impeachment vote. I think they'll keep this going just to get negative information out all the way through the election. Yeah, I think that's likely going to be the case. Um, there is so much of this story to be told. I think so much evidence yet to be presented. That is just going to spell everything out. I I think it's why you have more and more Democrats now. You know, it, it seems it's relatively it's just a handful. But they seem to be getting louder. About Biden not being able to campaign by Biden not being the nominee and everything else because imagine you get to the the summer you're at Chicago you're at convention and all this stuff is landing and that's exactly what I think the GOP wants all this stuff is just going to be insurmountable look there's a lot of damage Biden is doing to himself We'll see November 5th well, how much of that, you know, with with the border, with Iran, with the economy and everything else that's working against him that he caused. And and also understand that Mr. Schwern was involved, as uh, Hunter's uh, ex-wife said in her 2022 memoir, said Schwern handled almost every aspect of the financial affairs of Hunter Biden's mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She wrote, so, you know, you have, we know. The things we know is, uh, as as we have stated before, there's only a couple of possibilities. The one possibility is Joe Biden was involved in all of this. Mm-hmm. The other possibility, which is the one that's extremely hard to believe, which the media for a while was throwing out there, they've really sort of ignored all this. I haven't heard anything like with Sharon coming in. I didn't hear anybody. Did you hear, uh, what's his name, um, from New York, Goldman, say anything on this? Mm, no. No, no, I haven't. I haven't seen anything. No. On, but uh, every time he speaks, he seems to be seems to be working against Biden. Yeah, um, but when you you uh, uh, look at this, there's only really, as you said, a couple of possibilities. One that Biden was involved, and yeah, uh, right. and either Biden was involved to hey, let's get money from these people, and we'll try to help them even if we can't, uh, or you know. Uh, let's do this quid pro quo, mm-hmm. but that hasn't come out yet. Or the one that the media and the Democrats were trying to sell is that Joe Biden simply loves his family mm-hmm. and was doing anything for them. Yeah. And this was all Hunter Biden. Uh-huh. Uh, and this was all Hunter Biden 
and James Biden, yeah. his brother, his, right. uh, uh, also selling pretend access to the president. Yeah. So right. they were selling, they were going to all these different, for a period of, what, 10 years? Mm, we're going to yeah. all these different uh, foreign actors and saying, we can get you access to the vice president. I say president, I meant vice get you access to the vice president mm-hmm. and we can get what you want done and they never delivered and then James and Hunter Biden through a series of bank accounts and LLCs distributed money to the entire family and the so the entire family was corrupt except Joe Bi- and Joe Biden had no idea that this was going on at all right now they haven't said it that way but when they say that Hunter Biden sold the illusion of influence and his father knew nothing about it, that's what they're saying. Because mm-hmm. then Hunter has to be in it. James has to be. His brothers have to be involved in it. And then the entire family is because the money went to the entire family. Exactly. I'll tell you this. In my family, if all of a sudden my brother calls me tomorrow and says, look, uh, I'm sending you $100,000. And it'll be, uh, you know, through this uh, uh, checking account. Here's through this account. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. You have no questions? No, no questions. Nothing. Yeah. Just right. send it to me. Right. It doesn't work that way. Everybody knows. And that's what they're trying to sell to the American public. Not lately, but that was the last time, a couple of weeks ago, when they were talking about it. It's still the illusion of influence that it was Hunter. Well, if it was Hunter, then it was James, and it was his brother's. They were doing the same thing. And this was going on for years. Right. And then it went through the labyrinth of accounts and corporations to be distributed to all the family members, which means they were all in on it, and they were all taking advantage of poor old Joe, Uh who just loved his family, and he was completely clueless to understand that his entire family was getting rich by millions by telling foreign entities and foreign governments that they would get Joe to do something for them. Right. And he's not mad at all. He's just very happy right. about it because he just loves his family. Right. Is that believable? And he's loaning a lot of money to his loved ones, too. Oh, yes, he's loaning money, too. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. getting paid back from the money uh, that was the, 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 the money that was the uh, pretend the pretend influence. Yeah. The illusion of influence. Right. All of a sudden, my brother has all the money he owes me. All of a sudden. Yeah, that's a tough thing to sell. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't Very matter tough. at all. But they're trying to sell it. We're not no, trying that's, to sell it. They're that's the ones, that's just, where they are. Joe just loves that's his family. The story. And Hunter, who was just out of his mind and drug abuse, uh, was just, you know, he was only illusion. cares for his drug-addled son. Well, then you got to bring in his President Biden's brothers. Go that's right. They were involved. They were doing the same thing. They're all right. about... And then who created all the bank accounts and LLCs to distribute the money throughout the entire family? So the entire family was crooked. Right. Entire, they're trying to tell you the entire family was corrupt and crooked, except for poor old Joe, who just loved his family. Right. And never, and he, asked, and never asked a question. Any questions, any time. Right. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I think the, you know, as this is, you know, put out there more and more and more, it, there's no way to really ignore the evidence. 
You can either care or not care. That's basically where you are. Because it's, you know, the evidence is going to tell the story. And you either care to look at it or you don't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know? Who was it, Maureen Dowd? Who was it that said, you know, that in 2016, all of her friends were closing the doors, turning off the TV when bad news came about from mm-hmm. Hillary? Yeah. All of her liberal friends. Well, you know, I mean, you can you can close the door and you can you can not care. You can look away. But you can't refute the evidence that's coming about. And I believe most people care about something like this. Most people care when politicians don't pay their taxes or they're corrupt in influence peddling schemes that enrich them while they're in political office. Those are two things that the public still is against. Now, they may not be as against it. As long as, hey, look, influence peddling, bribery is okay as long as you're on my political team. Right. That might be the case. Yeah. So he took a little bit of money. Who cares? They Uh, all do it. Yeah. Yeah, they all do it. (laughs) Who does it? They're all getting rich. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Friday Radio, uh, he's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. It's February, which means it's uh, Biden Testimony Month. Hunter, uh, Jim, Eric Schwerin, a uh, business associate with Hunter Biden, uh, apparently was behind closed doors yesterday. Let's go to Eric in Wisconsin. Eric, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Hi, Eric. Hi, everybody. Look, if this president is that naive about his finances, what's he doing running the country? If he can't pay attention to these uh, his own finances that we know money is his, you know, is his paramount thing. They say it's his family, but that's not true. He turned his back on his grandchild. So I'm just saying that this guy is just too naive to be right on the country. He's, yeah. he's not paying attention. Just well, going through the motions. Yeah, well, I, I mean, if you buy into that second scenario that right. it was just an illusion of influence and everybody was ripping off the, the you know, Joe and Joe didn't know about it. Yeah, you would make the case if that scenario was palatable, but it's not. He's either too naive to run the country or he's on the take. It's one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, you don't need to get the money yourself to be on the take. Enriching if your family. If, if your family is enriched. Well, that, we already right, know that. That's exa- we, we know we, they were. We already know that. And right. And you know who told us? Hunter, yeah, and and so the I, I'm bring I bring up the second scenario in part in sarcasm because that's the scenario the media is attempting to sell you, right? But they don't actually complete the sentence, or as we say, right. Right. complete connecting the dots. Because if you do, then it becomes you like, well, that's absurd. Well, the answer he's trying to sell you is that the entire family was enriching themselves. The entire family is corrupt. It was only an illusion of influence, and Joe was the only one that didn't know, and his entire family was using him. Right. Uh Is that plausible? (laughs) No. No.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, "What is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 